and we are recording with Dr. Peter McCullough. Today is Saturday, October 8th, 2022. And you, my good doctor, were recently banned from Twitter. And um, part of me says, welcome to the club. I mean, I haven't been banned from Twitter, but I mean, getting banned. But um, in terms of medical censorship and in terms of yourself, who has this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I, my jokes of calling you the misinformation master, I say that facetiously as you are a walking encyclopedia and you are the most cited person and people don't know what to do because you cite so much you got banned. And as we just said, it does seem that we are uh, approaching a, a fever pitch in terms of Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter, of midterms, of censorship, of medical censorship. Um, yeah, but do you want to tell your side of it? You know, Tommy, it's uh, great to be back on the show. I know out of all the podcasters, you'd be among the first to reach out. My inbox has been flooded with uh, condolences. Uh, people are writing obituaries. Uh, you know, I've kind of been down all day. Uh, but let me tell you the, the, the fact pattern of what happened. Um, you know, I had previously been in a group of plaintiffs in a lawsuit against Twitter with lead attorney Matthew Tyson. And this was regarding my, my previous Twitter account, the COVID-19 treatments account, which was formed around the time I testified in the U.S. Senate in 2020. And we what we wanted to do is get out information to Americans on how COVID could be treated with that account. I built it up over the course of a year to about 20,000 followers, and then Twitter uh, then suspended me, uh, and then ultimately banned me from Twitter, permanently banned, no opportunity for re-entry, uh, and that was it. So the lawsuit focused on that account and others. And in the interactions between Twitter's attorneys and our attorneys, uh, Twitter prevailed. And they prevailed, Tommy, based on SLAP, which is Twitter claimed that our lawsuit was a strategic lawsuit against Twitter's right to participate in the conversation. So the interpretation is very important. The interpretation, Tommy, is that Twitter is attesting and asserting that they should be able to participate in the conversation in COVID by manipulating our accounts, by actually changing content, by, by deleting accounts, uh, unfollowing, and everything that they do, as opposed to Twitter executives coming out and just participating in the conversation, they're participating by manipulating us. As opposed to, yeah, coming out and joining the conversation, their, their participation is... Uh is covert and unattributable and faceless. And there is no place or person in which you have any sort of, uh, 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 ability to, to confront. There's no process. It's a, it's a judge, jury and executioner deal. Well, it's the idea of shaping a narrative behind the scenes as a method of communicating. Now American first legal separate suit, has uncovered documents where Twitter and Facebook were meeting with the CDC regularly to shape this false narrative. They they uh, almost certainly had uh, you know persons of interest that they were going to cancel out their accounts, others they were going to try to amplify in order to shape the false narrative. The false narrative has been COVID-19 has no possible treatments. The only thing one can do is take a needle in every arm every six months. So that was the American first legal development. Then what happened earlier this week, we heard game on, Elon Musk is purchasing Twitter. And so what many of us experienced earlier in the week, and I've talked to countless people, is we saw instability in our followers. You know, I had 3,000 followers subtracted like in a, in, in a short period of time. And then I had another 2,000 added. So there was some reshuffling and what IT experts uh, suspect is that there was a change out of bots. There are bot programs assigned 
to key uh, influential people on Twitter in order to uh, monitor the accounts, uh, sometimes attack the accounts, uh, do uh, false reporting, uh, et cetera. The bots we can't control, but there's always uh, an activity of, of, in a sense, cleaning off the bots off of the conversation of the accounts. That's a regular activity now of the, of the high-profile tweeters. So we saw this count instability, and then, Tommy, the Thursday evening massacre happened after I came home from the hospital. It's um, the Thursday evening massacre. I like that. Um, yeah, back to their participation. That's not that's not participation. Participation is is you join the conversation, and you're either going against the consensus or or whatever, or you're part of the group or whatever it is. You're but you're there to everyone. Half the people raise their hand for McDonald's, the other half raise it for Chick Fil A, and then some dude wants to go to the gas station. Not not a popular view, but. Okay, that's participating. Participating is not the covert manipulation of data. That is anything but participating. That is rigging. And that is, you know, whatever. You don't do that if you have the popular belief. You don't have that. You don't have to surreptitiously uh, suggest that we go to McDonald's because it's a pretty normal place to go. But if you wanted to say, hey, I think we should go to the CD strip club, you might write that in anonymously manipulating data unfollowing using bots that's not i know i'm harping on but that's not participation that is that is very quietly it's like um i've had on a basel baz before former cia paramilitary operative who uh who now runs the association for the recovery of children he he hunts down pedophiles and he always talks about he has no he has no sympathy because what they go to great lengths to do this in the shadows somebody that is criminally insane or truly doesn't, you know, they, they're not all there. You don't go to lengths to hide what you're doing if you if you don't understand that it's evil. So when they say participation, that's not participation. That's that's rigging. Sorry, I know I keep harping on that. Um, well, it's certainly far beyond uh, what I would consider common carrier activities. And, you know, I take the view as any citizen whether you're dealing with Spectrum Cable or Time Warner or AT&T, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Google, uh, these are common carriers. They're, they're purveyors of information. They're allowed to have advertising. They make revenue. God knows they make enough revenue. You know, that's good enough. But a common carrier, you know, outside of being subjected to the Federal Communications Commission types of rules regarding you know, nudity or, or sensitive content or profanity. Outside of that, uh, common carriers, you know, shaping conversations, meeting with government agencies, this is what's all coming out. And so this culminated, I got back from a busy day at work and my phone was blowing up that something was going on with my Twitter account. So I logged in, Tommy, I had 512,000 followers on some days my tech team tells me there's millions of people on my feed and Twitter is uh, unfollowing them. So we had already screen captured unfollow activities going on. Um, Twitter intentionally trying to keep my, my follower base down. But what happened was Twitter had drained my followers down to zero. So my account was still there. All the posts were there, but there were no followers. They literally had deleted them all. And then the kill shot. I got the message that my account was suspended and then had to get my lawyers, my tech team. Uh, initially, the response is no opportunity for, um, for an appeal. Now, an appeal, uh, we, we quickly tried to download all my posts. I had thousands of posts, Tommy, of graphical abstracts, of peer-reviewed manuscript. You know, I was a purveyor of evidence-based medicine to the world on COVID-19, there's no other source where one could get to, you know, the key thousands of papers and exactly what the papers showed. And, and uh, so as we tried to download the data, Twitter wouldn't allow that. So we screen captured that. Uh, so now we're in a tangle. I don't know where it's going to go. Twitter's backed off a little bit, but this is a war. You know, the best named show ever is Alex Jones show Infowars. Info Wars. <laughs> this is a war of information. There's a war on for your mind. It's uh, no, but it's true though. They won't even let you download. Doctor Fareed, when he was first banned, 
I remember he was telling me, he was like, I'm so upset because I had so many patient testimony videos on there. And then he got reinstated. And I remember I told him, I was like, hey, send me the links to everything and I'll and I'll screen record the entire thing. And he was like, all right. And I did the whole thing. And I just kept it on one of my hard drives. When he got suspended a second time, he asked me, he's like, do you have those videos? I do. And I posted them on here. And it's the episodes, it's not, there's no one there. It's just a screen recording. It's like an hour and a half of all of his patient testimonies. That is a thing where they are directly manipulating, I mean, free, freely accessible medical information. That's evil. Uh, and not only that, but it's, 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 yeah, sure, it's accessible, but then someone would have to put together the abstract. So you take a, you know, a, uh, let's say a 10 page manuscript and, and 30 references, five tables and, and, and three figures, you know, to assemble that into a graphical abstract, a one, one uh, page that can summarize everything. That takes a lot of work. I, I do that all the time. And I've created thousands of these um, as a way of, of, of purveying the evidence to the worldwide public to have all that wiped out. That was a treasure trove of, of having that wiped out. And, and to try to reassemble that would be uh, impossible. Now, I've had a huge surge of followers now on True Social and Getter uh, and Telegram. Uh, you know, previously, about a month ago, I fought off a bot attack on Telegram. My uh, tech team told me about 60,000 bots stormed my tele Telegram account and was reporting to Telegram that my account was a fake account. But in fact, it's real. There's about a dozen fake ones, but I have the real one. And so, in fact, Telegram mistakenly then said my account was fake and it was my followers were leaving because I thought it was the fake account. And I got into a giant uh, snarl with Telegram. I finally got that uh, solved. But again, it took a, a legal team, uh, expert. Social media now is becoming a, a battleground. And what we're finding at it's it's an opportunity not only for the, the common carriers uh, to take up ill intent and collude with others, but it's also an opportunity for hackers uh, and other uh, evildoers to work out there through various bots and other IT instruments to harm others. I mean, it's the it's the timeless tale of the double-edged sword where, where you can use the knife to kill your grandmother or you can use it to put butter on bread. It's you can turn your swords into plowshares. Uh, I think that was Eisenhower had that uh, that proposal, uh, Operation Plowshare, which was to turn our old nuclear weapons into uh, to do huge architectural works with them for like you know artificial lakes um i know we brought back radio or not radiation a uh, fissile material from the soviet union megatons to megawatts um we're seeing this now with social media i mean i was born in 1990 i mean i remember limewire napster pirate bay these early things where you could just sort of see this dissemination of truth i think we saw it a lot in really like 2012 to 2016 most notably with the joe rogan experience but also just you no longer, I mean, I think we all remember, I think it was Chris Cuomo during the 2016 elections talking about WikiLeaks and was like, remember, if you want to view WikiLeaks, he goes, come to us. We're the media. But it was it was this it was this sad and creepy grasp at their ability to remain gatekeepers. But it all flew out from other side. But now we're seeing the double edged sword. You can see the dissemination of material. And we saw it with the Arab Spring, you just sort of a thousand, you know, chop off one head and 10,000 more appear. And you can get around these power structures, but we're seeing the flip side of it now. And it's their ability to manipulate more people than has ever been possible. And I can only imagine, just like it's been going on since the first sword and then the first shield, it's going to go back and forth forever, and it will forever. But right now, we are on one of the downswings of it, and we're seeing the power to manipulate narratives. And we're seeing how much it means to them. That's another thing. Right. It's that it's that old quote about, you know, receiving flack or being shot at by any aircraft fire. If you're receiving flack, you're over the target. There is some importance to it. And there is there is a silver lining that if you see them defending it this this vehemently, it's because it has that much power to them. And at least now we've identified the target. If you see that they'll slander Rogan, they'll ban you, they'll ban anybody. They'll ban anybody that gets close. Well, now you're seeing where the nerve is. You're seeing where the sensitive spot is. You know, it's, does this hurt? Does this hurt? Ow. Yeah, well, that's the spot that hurts. That's the thing your body's trying to protect. This is what the machine, whatever you want to call it, the deep state, the entrenched power structure, 
you can see this is the thing they hold most dear. I don't know if that makes the fight any easier, but it's certainly illuminating. It's true. You know, I told Joe Rogan on my interview that set all records on his platform, even beating Elon Musk. Uh, I told Joe Rogan, the truth is like kryptonite. And uh, it is so powerful. It, 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 it... If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It weakens anybody uh, who gets close to it, who has another agenda. People post ridiculous things on Twitter, absolutely ridiculous. In fact, wide open pornography yeah. is posted on Twitter. Those people don't have their accounts suspended. They don't have their followers drained to zero. Really, a practicing doctor, most published person in my field in the world in history, one of the most published people in COVID-19. I have more Senate testimony with peer-reviewed published manuscripts. I'm the one who gets suspended from Twitter. I mean, and someone posting pornography doesn't. I mean, this should really tell Americans and people in the world What's going on here? What's important to Twitter and who's behind all this collusion? The reason why Twitter is important, Tommy, is because it's so big. I mean, the whole world is on Twitter. That's the reason why it matters. And when I look at it now, what, what other source could someone rapidly get information on a manuscript that was published yesterday on the preprint server? They couldn't. It's just a small cadre of scientists, including myself, are working nonstop to bring the information forward. There's other great websites. You got Tommy Kerrigan podcast, digesting it. Certainly America out loud talk radio, um, a color report, you know, that's weekly. Uh, Covexit is another wonderful platform. You got the Substacks. The Substacks are very strong now. Lots of writers on Substacks. Uh, you know, Steve Bannon impressed me. Someone recently told me I've got a chance to know him. He said, thank God you guys are writing the books. Uh, we've had, we featured Courage to Face COVID-19 on the show, but also Peter Bregan, COVID-19, the Global Predators, Bob, Bobby Kennedy and the real Anthony Fauci, Scott Atlas and the cloud over the White House, George Fareed and how two doctors treated thousands of patients, Pam Popper, the COVID operation. Uh, we just have, you know, there's a, there's a handful of books that are really, really important. Bannon said, thank God for the books because they're in print. You can hold on to them. They have citations. Bannon says that, listen, this is so big that all the electronics are going to be corrupted. They already are. They're going to be wiped clean. You're not going to be able to actually get a clean history from electronic sources of data. Thank goodness for independent media and saving all these podcasts. And thank goodness for the documentaries. And, you know, one of my last posts on Twitter that uh, was just brought forward by Steve Kirsch of the Vaccine Say, uh, Safety Research Foundation was exactly that, the documentary that they met, made called Are the Kids Okay? And it was about childhood vaccine injuries and myocarditis. That may have been the one that pushed the hot button for the Twitter executives. And uh, I, and plug in your book, it's that I will put that link in the description. I was going to say, I have a physical copy of it. I have about 1,100 books on Audible I'm not even kidding. I don't have the money to. I don't make anything off this. But one thing I've always thought is like, man, if if, if and when the podcast starts making money, I'm going to buy every book I've ever listened to. I'm going to get physical copies of them because nothing is beyond their reach. Nothing is beyond their willpower. It, five years ago, if you said any of this was happening, it, you, you'd say I'm nuts. Who knows what 2027 brings? Who knows what 2035 brings? You're going to have to, it's going to be like buying like weed in high school, but instead you're going to be buying old flash drives with Joe Rogan experience episodes or audible books on them. That is what's coming. Um, but do you think, well, I was going to say is, um, was there, cause you were, if you were up for this long, do you think it was a matter? There's a couple of ways to look at why it happened now. Was there something that recently happened, like you just said with Steve Kirsch? Do you think it was more of um, are they are they looting the are they looting the the bank as they get fired? As you know, Elon Musk is coming in to buy it. Are they sort of you know trashing the hotel before they leave? Are they just you know firing a couple shots on their way out? I mean, 
I know it's a, a tired analogy, but I mean, Adolf Hitler's Nero decree in his final hours alive told the Germans to like burn their own homes to, it was the final, it's the final overreach of just, of, of losing control of power. It's like, it's just a demon screaming. Was, do you think it was, do you think it's because Elon's taking over and they're just kind of shooting the prisoners or do you think it had something to do with the documentary with Steve Kirsch? I think it has something to do with Musk. I can tell you the tweets never changed. I mean, I had featured uh, clips from documentaries like the Canadian documentary Uninformed Consent. Boy, that one was charged. Or or, or the documentary um, Scene 2020. Uh, many of these I had either, you know, had a supporting cast role or I starred in. Uh, I had, uh, you know, videos from a Tommy Kerrigan podcast, Joe Rogan. Uh, you know, we've had free conversations. So the video content hadn't changed. The graphical manuscripts hadn't changed. The texts didn't change. Now, the text, I was, uh, you know, using uh, my statements. I, you know, I didn't make proclamations regarding the vaccine. I didn't proclaim things about treatments in the text. I just, you know, put out, you know, introductory statements about the content, let people judge on their own. Uh, and that was my style for the last year. The style hadn't changed. The tweets hadn't changed. The only thing that changed was this, you know, deal on with Elon Musk and then the instability in the follower account a few days ahead of time. And then this uh, draining of all the followers to zero. That's not in the community rules at all in Twitter. And then the kill shot, the painful shot of you're suspended with no chance of of, um, an appeal. Now, uh, Twitter is backed off. Uh, we're going to have to see how it goes. My team's been engaging with them uh, about, you know, about next steps. So uh, Twitter's taken a conciliatory uh, stance, but you never know who you're dealing with with Twitter. You know, if there are people where they are in the world, there's no executive that stands uh, stands out. But, you know, my tech team had given me intel that I was their number one target. They were waiting for something. I know Dr. Simone Gold is up there. She had a similar number of followers. Uh, many of us had previously been wiped out, Tommy, and to rebuild a follower base, as you know, is is agonizing. Um, I had some paid Twitter features. Uh, I'll be curious to see if Twitter still charges my credit card while they have, uh, you know, destroyed my account. Uh, we'll have to see how tight their, you know, their processes are. But this is, uh, you know, this is very concerning. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these things hit other platforms. You know, Getter. Truth Social. I've already told you about a Telegram bot attack. I don't think anything's safe. I mean, outside of, you know, a platform like yours, uh, I've taken measures to secure my website at petermccullohmd.com. I recently, actually just today, received the certificate of copyright uh, on the McCullough Protocol, which is now fully copyrighted. Um, I went ahead and trademarked my name. One can do that. Um, uh, because of this idea of, of impersonation and people, uh, you know, in a sense, pretending to be somebody they're not. So trademark protection, copyright protection, when uh, one reasonable patent protection on various inventions. I think all of us are going to have to take uh, this new world of communication and social media a lot more seriously. This isn't just about having fun anymore, shooting little cute comments. This is this is getting pretty serious. As as he is always light years ahead, it is the info war. Um, it's you have to do that. That's kind of one thing I realized was, well, I guess I was going to say no. I do understand the the gut check. It was August twenty ninth of twenty twenty one. Not that I remember that I got banned from YouTube. I'd started on December twelfth, twenty nineteen, and yeah, no, it's a terrible feeling. I mean, getting suspending sucks, but like. And sure, it's a, you know, where you stand morally and, you know, it's good to have your own foundation. But to say that it doesn't hurt, I mean, it sucks, dude. It sucks. You get, it gets destroyed. The thing you built gets destroyed. And then you have to start over. I mean, I was at not nearly as big as you, but I mean, it took me almost two years to get to 5,500 subscribers on YouTube. And when I got banned, I went over to Rumble and I think I had already uploaded the whole live. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right there preemptively because I always figured something was going to happen. I think I had started at 10 subscribers and it's just the worst feeling in the world. And now a year and a month later, I'm at 12,000. And so sure, it's growing faster than YouTube ever did. But even even with with Rumble, even so things like Getter and Truth Social, um, when they apply, I didn't know this, when they apply like the the App Store, the Apple App Store, the Google App Store, I mean, they will say like you you haven't curbed uh or you're not you're not uh censoring enough not as not as blatant as that but like you're not you're not suppressing these accounts as much so there is a barrier to entry to these to these giant app stores about do you i mean in no in no fewer words do you control the narrative and wow i mean i'm on bitshoot odyssey and rumble um rumble is the one that's grown the most but i've talked about this before and it's and how all of 2022, I've averaged about 5,000 views a day on Rumble. And then for whatever reason, starting on August 1st, it dropped down to about 500 views. So it dropped 90%, and it's been that way for about two months now. I don't know why, but I look at something like Getter. When I first started, it went from like 0 to 700 subscribers in like five days. And now it's been at, now it's at 702, like 11 months later. So maybe I just suck. I don't know. But I'm I'm what you were saying, I'm starting to look at this and go, there is no place to, to rest your hat. There is no promised land. Well, but Tommy, pay attention to your listeners. My listeners started to say, Dr. McCullough, you, you know, I, um, I uh, uh, followed you and then I checked again. It said unfollowed. Unfollowed. So, you know, running unfollow programs, try to screen capture that. That'll give some, some uh, messages. We, we realized Another thing Twitter was doing is that if uh, my followers didn't enable in notifications, that was the method by which they were running this unfollow program. So we had to tell everybody to turn on your notifications. Uh, so when I tweet, you've got it. So we, we knew something nefarious was going on. Um, you're building great content, you know, just to, to plug. I mean, boy, you've had uh, Matthias Desmet, you've had uh, some of the top scientists. I was excited to learn you lined up Christine Cotton. I hope I'm not speaking uh, too far ahead, but she's she's a leading French scientist who has just blown open the regulatory story on the Pfizer vaccines. You've got to spend time with her. She's carefully done her due diligence. Uh, the Cotton analysis will go along with the, the Aaron Siri work on the court-ordered released Pfizer documents. This is a worldwide crime. Everybody's got now a piece of it. You probably heard the bombshell news that the V-safe data from the CDC under court order, again, Aaron Siri, what an American hero he is, get it released to Dell Bigtree and the ICANN network. The ICANN network is an NGO. Dell was very adept. He got the data organized, you know, hundreds of thousands of lines of code, got a queryable graphics interface. He took his time. And then Aaron Siri appeared on Fox uh, and broke the news open. This was stunning that of 10 million people who downloaded the VSafe program on their cell phone, this is parents and of children and patients, they can report their own symptoms. And of those who took a COVID-19 vaccine who signed up for VSafe, 25%, Tommy, were incapacitated the next day. They couldn't go to work. I mean, these vaccines were just by that alone, that was so toxic to see that report coming out of VSAFE. That's the CDC's data. And then the real uh, uh, report, the real stunning news was between 7 and 8% of people who took the vaccine have to seek emergency or urgent care. That's how sick they are. They have to go to the emergency room. Uh, they have to see their doctor urgently. I mean, this is a disaster. And the CDC did not want to analyze this, and they did not want to present it to America. It had to be obtained through court order. So here we are. We have Pfizer intentionally suppressing data, and only through court order do they release the Pfizer death rolls. Pfizer knew about 1,223 deaths within 90 days. 
Now the CDC actively suppressing the V-safe data, and you're going to hear about the French authorities and the Pfizer data there from Christine Cotton, and hopefully you'll be able to really expose this. This is a crime of all time, and the victims are people who are taking these vaccines. Uh, yeah, I talked to Dr. Cotton. She is going to come on here. Um, so do you think that this is, is it hyperbolic to say that um, they're being so blatant with the censorship because just, you know, because at first glance you look at it and it's so obvious and it's so out in the open that you almost chuckle to yourself. You're like, don't they, everyone knows what they're doing. But if you were trying to hide a, a legitimate crime against humanity, not only and, and medical fraud, this would be the lesser of the evils would be to just outwardly censor. I mean, do you think that's what it could be? Is it that they know what's going on, that they know just how disastrous this all is? So they'd rather eat the negative PR of being the censors? You know, it could be that or, you know, what people are terming hide in plain sight that in a sense, everything becomes open and the game becomes plausible deniability. So for instance, let's say the Pfizer dossier here, uh, you know, Pfizer didn't want to release it. The FDA didn't want to release it. Siri and uh, co-counsel Elizabeth um, Brem actually push hard. I mean, there's American heroes. Historians are going to write about these attorneys. They get the dossier and actually the attorney for the FDA wanted to block it for 55 years. So now we'll have a situation in the end when it comes down to an investigation. And I told Steve Bannon this. You can imagine the, the, the Senate investigations or Department of Justice and or special prosecutor. And they're going to say, okay, who at Pfizer knew that people were dying with their vaccine? Who was taking these calls? Who, who was supervising the weekly reports? Were there weekly reports? Who knew? And then sooner or later, it's going to figure out somebody at Pfizer knew. And at what mm-hmm. level? High, how up? Who knew at the FDA? Now, who was talking to each one of the entities, the Pfizer and the FDA? And then where was the decision to continue versus pull it off the market. You know, these are going to be these critical investigations. And in each step of the way, Pfizer's going to say, the FDA knew. The FDA is going to say, listen, it was Pfizer's product. They should have done it. You can imagine the finger pointing that's going to happen, this plausible deniability. We've seen this with, uh, you know, the great recession and the mortgage collapse and Enron corrupts. It just goes on and on. You can see plausible deniability. The reason why I'm focusing on Pfizer, Tommy, because if the Pfizer situation would have been handled correctly, the whole program would have been shut down very shortly after Pfizer was released. And then I don't think Moderna ever would have come out and J&J would have ever come out. It would have, it would have been stopped. There would have been some Americans that have died with Pfizer. It would have been limited, very similar to the 1976 swine flu vaccine. And then it would have been over with. People would say, listen, we got to treat COVID. We got to get through it, which is what we had to do anyway. The vaccines had no measurable impact but we wouldn't have had this death toll now. Now, now the question is, how many deaths are there? Uh, you know, today there's a report out from uh, Democratic Congressman Sean Kasten uh, in Illinois. I don't know if you saw the, the commentary, but, you know, his 17-year-old daughter died. And uh, he now admits she's been fully vaccinated. Uh, based on the timing of the tweets, she was recently vaccinated. She dies in her sleep, and he's been told that she died of a cardiac arrhythmia. So the question is, in, in a ostensibly healthy girl who was you know, looking forward to going to school and going to college, what would cause a cardiac arrhythmia in the, you know, at night or the early morning hours? It would be subclinical myocarditis and scar formation in the heart. And you know, so I, I, I tweeted out on Getter and True Social. I said, listen, it's, it's the vaccine until clinically proven otherwise. It, until it, 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 that's, that's all we can say. And you can almost see this. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This dazed look in the eyes of Cast in his picture, 
And and you have to imagine, you know, what's going through his mind right now. Yeah. He was really pushing the vaccine. He was telling he's going to take his family vaccinated. He was saying people who didn't vaccinate. There was a lot of virtue signaling in his messaging. What is he thinking right now? What type of does he have any remorse? Does he have any shock? He's lost a beautiful 17 year old daughter. You know, why wouldn't he come out with outrage and say it was a mistake to do this? I'm horrified, just like Ernesto Ramirez did mm-hmm. down in South Texas. You know that story. He, uh, you know, he's, he's a trucker. He's a single father. He, uh, he's, uh, you know, not a sophisticated man. He, he takes the vaccine himself to test it to make sure it's okay. And he doesn't have a problem. So he has his 16 year old boy take it. And then his boy dies a few days later playing basketball in the basketball court. Now, Ernesto is wise enough, he gets an autopsy and the heart is absolutely swollen. He dies of myocarditis. I reviewed the autopsy as a cardiologist and I'm experienced in cardiac pathology. It's crystal clear. He died of COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis. What does Ernesto do? He doesn't go into a daze like Sean Caston. He goes out and he says, I made a mistake. This is, uh, this is horrific. I've lost my son. I can't let another family suffer the same fate. So what's the difference between Sean Caston and Ernesto Ramirez? Boy, oh boy, that is a case study side by side. Jeez. Good Lord. I mean, you have to wonder. I mean, is there almost an allowable amount of time for the shock to hit? And then does he have to own it? You know, is there... I can imagine that the ego and pride can go pretty far. I know from my own experiences they can, but I feel like there's got to be a threshold that that breaks you, and that you can't you can't hide that you were wrong. I feel like losing a daughter would be that point. I can tell you scientifically from a regulatory perspective. I'll give you some clean lines. Any death that happens within 30 days of administration of a novel product like this is due to the product, period. It doesn't matter any other scenario. Do you know if someone takes a vaccine and they're driving home from the vaccine center and they die in a car accident, it would actually, from a regulatory perspective, it would still be blamed on the vaccine Hmm. because we don't know. It means someone could pass out or what have you. So within 30 days, it's convention in clinical trials, FDA, I've testified for the FDA, I've been in day safety monitoring boards. We wouldn't even wouldn't even bother anything more than saying, listen, if it's 30 days, that's our demarcation line. Now, the farther we get away from it, we really have to do an assessment. You know, what really happened and and you know, is it is it possible? People are starting to report uh, you know, scar in the heart and uh, you know, visible damage to the heart four months out. Jenna Shower published that in journal Pediatrics, two separate publications. Now, Patone and colleagues in circulation, our best cardiology journal from the UK, Tommy, they're reporting 100 vaccine-induced myocarditis deaths, where on the death certificate, vaccine myocarditis is the cause. So it, it is now becoming very clear. This is a fatal, fatal side effect of the vaccines in young people. Yesterday, uh, Florida was rocked. Joe uh, Latipo, the Surgeon General, put out a warning for young people not to take the vaccine because of myocarditis. The first government warning that came out and said, listen, just don't take it. So, yes. So we're starting to see this crack. You know, about a month ago, 47 members of Congress. Now, we didn't have 350, but we had 47. They sent a letter to Lloyd Austin, uh, the Secretary of Mm -hmm. Defense. And the letter Tommy said, drop the mandates, pull the vaccines, apologize to the servicemen and hire them back and give them back pay. You know, it, you know these are official communications. Letipo's communication is an official government communication. That letter that came from Congress to Lloyd Austin was official. You know, these are the types of things that are on my Twitter feed. I'm not making things up. I'm just bringing the news to the world on what's happening. This there, there are so many news stories that are relevant to people's lives right now. It's our duty as uh, as primary media journalists, as you and as commentators uh, and experts in my field. It's our duty, I think, to honestly report this. These these are the events that change people's lives. So, you know, people in Florida need to know 
that the Surgeon General is saying young people shouldn't take the vaccine. That's an important piece of information for the next parent who may bring their child into a vaccine center. It's absolutely your duty. I mean, right? A sin of commission is when you do something. A sin of omission is when you see evil and don't do something. It's 100%. If you see it, it it is it is your responsibility. There's no shirking of that. Uh, back to the, the, the governor or uh, the uh, Surgeon General for what what is it that that drove this to happen? Well, it was a separate analysis, and uh, you know he does focus on men since uh, since ninety percent of the myocarditis occurs in men. So uh, the the warnings are, are gender specific towards younger men, but it was a separate Florida analysis, and uh, you know this is very similar to um, to a recent uh, set of papers published by Asim Malhotra. Uh, he, he's a, a UK cardiologist. He's in a sense, kind of my equivalent in the UK, you know, younger, uh, he's avant-garde, he's up and coming. Uh, but his father was a very prominent physician in the UK, one of the most prominent people in the Royal College of Physicians. And Malhotra and I have been communicating for over a year. He reached out to me. His dad took the vaccine, Tommy. And Malhotra as a cardiologist convinced the vaccine killed his dad. And so, uh, and you know, he reviewed things with me and I said, yes, it looks like it could accelerate his course. His father had prior atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. It did fit. Temporal association was there. We had the prior data from the American Heart Association abstract regarding the POLS test, which is a multi-marker inflammatory test, suggesting the vaccines clearly could advance uh, atherosclerosis, promote, promote heart attacks and strokes. Uh, Malhotra himself had taken the vaccines he had been on all the talk shows very early in the campaign, pushing the vaccine, that this was a good thing for, for the Brits to do. And so he was 100% behind it. His dad dies of the vaccine. He's communicating with me. He says, I must do my own analysis and publish it. And he did. He published it in a two-part series. And he concluded the vaccines are not safe and they should be pulled from the market, all of them. And I give him a tremendous amount of credit of owning up to all this. Again, is these are the these are who the bigger people are, and he came out big. He's been on every TV show. Uh, he ought to come on the Tommy podcast. Um, I've suggested he go on uh, Rogan, Alex Jones, The High Wire. Uh, he needs to get on Fox News, all the major stations. Uh, very articulate young man who's going to come forward and say, "Listen, he was on the wrong side of this." And he realized it, and sadly, his father paid the ultimate price. So, um, did you ever watch the HBO series Chernobyl? Came out in like 2018. It's like five or six episodes. It's pretty good. Oh, I missed it. Missed but, it. about the Chernobyl news. I never watched. I never watched TV series, but I don't know why I did. But I did, and it's great. Um, but the whole thing is, I mean, it's it, it's it's eerie how similar it is. I mean, there's I think from the previews, there's like the there's this moment where you see a guy from the KGB and he's there in the basement of the, uh, of the nuclear power plant in Pripyat. And he, he has a line where he goes, cut the phone line, stop the spread of misinformation. And it's, I think that was the first time I'd ever heard the word misinformation. And then a year wow. later, but the whole thing, I think it's, it's actually a, a terrifyingly beautiful, uh, metaphor, a preemptive metaphor, ironically enough of COVID. And that you have this thing, the nuclear reactor explodes. Uh, you have these guys saying, hey, it just exploded. You have the higher up guys who are posturing for uh, for getting raises and rising higher in the Soviet system saying it didn't happen. And they're saying, no, there's graphite outside and the graphite's from the inside of the reactor. So if there's graphite outside, it's because the reactor exploded. They're saying it's physically impossible for a reactor to explode. And they're saying, I don't know what to tell you. There's graphite outside. The radio, the the Geiger counters are going insane. And so these guys are all like arrested that are saying that. Then there's higher and higher ups and they're all meeting together. And they're like, we all agree that there's nothing wrong. And they all agree. And then like higher and higher officials come in and they all agree that all the way up to Gorbachev. And they're all just agreeing that nothing happened, which is great. You can do that in a closed system. You can you can nail down the narrative and you can decide. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... 
What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What is reality? One plus one is three. Uh, water isn't wet. Whatever. Sure. But, but science is science. It just is. It's just... Gravity doesn't have a political leaning. Gravity just pulls downwards at 9.81 meters per second. Bernoulli's principle just describes the flow of air over a surface. It doesn't care what flag is flying in the city. Eventually, there is a deviation, much like if you have two two cars going parallel lines with one another, and then one of them deviates by just a fraction of a degree. You may not notice it for a while, but over a thousand miles that car, which was right next to you, will slowly get 10 feet, 100 feet a mile away. And it's undeniable. And so as a narrative detaches, kind of like currency no longer being backed by gold, as a narrative detaches from physical reality and what the actual laws are, it starts to, and there's a line in the show, which is not a quote, it's a, you know, it's obviously written by a team of writers, but it's, you know, for every lie told, we incur a debt of truth. And as it goes on, it finally breaks to the point where so many soldiers and firefighters have died trying to put out the fire from radiation poisoning. So many scientists are starting to they're in Belarus, they're in Ukraine, they're in, you know, like what is now Kazakhstan. And they're going, hey, we're we're finding like strontium 90 in like the cow's milk. And then they're getting arrested and being shot for misinformation. But then it starts to go out of the Soviet Union and they start picking it up in like Norway. And then all of a sudden the U.S. is like, hey, what are you guys doing over there? And finally, Gorbachev understands where power is. And uh, he goes, uh, power comes from the perception of power. And now we've we've kind of screwed ourselves. So they do a whole Soviet cover up where, you know, they shoot a bunch of people in the head. But like, to me, that's always I remember watching that. And it's like there is such a strong group think where you all think nothing bad's going to come from this, right? It's like being in a fraternity, and we just kept spilling beer on the floor. Hey, I tell the pledge to wipe it up. Well, after like nine years of it, and finally like the floors rotted through, you go, uh, we can't clean this up with a paper towel. We need new floors. Eventually, the truth comes bursting through the narrative that you've woven around it like wet toilet paper. It's based on nothing. So... They went for a good minute. We got what? October 2022. They held this narrative together. I'll be all handed to them. Gorbachev would be proud. We silenced the misinformation. They didn't have the balls to shoot us. So instead, they they just kicked us off, which is if you're going to do it, you got to go all in and kill us. And they didn't. And so that hastened the demise. But you are seeing it. It's it's a trucker, a politician, a Florida surgeon general, a French scientist, Dr. McCullough on Twitter, whatever. It starts to just recently Judicial Watch uh, acquired all those papers from the Department of Homeland Security. And one of the things was to, quote, have a trusted carrier get on the Joe Rogan experience and push the vaccine. These were all things that were postulated. Another one was uh, get Tom Brady to do an infomercial where he convinces his parents to get vaxxed. Go into urban neighborhoods and convince black doctors to push this. It does eventually come out. It's a matter. It's not if, it's when. You have to pay the toll. It's just, and it doesn't lean left or right, American or Chinese. It's just, it's just what it is, and it does come out. So although it sucks, you got banned. That sucks. I got banned, and it sucks that a lot of people have got banned. Just understand that the the toll will be paid. The wave will come crashing. Just. Pivot for it now and stand up for the truth and you will be redeemed eventually. Now, I don't know if, you'll, if that helps anybody, if that makes you feel better. How long has it been since we burned the guys at the stake who said the earth wasn't the center of the universe? It's been a minute. It'll come out. Does anybody look back at the name Galileo or Bruno and go, oh, those idiots? No, you, you, you speak in the term, you speak in, 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 uh, uh, an insulting term about the dark ages. Nobody looks back at the Salem witch trials and says those just trials. You look back at it in mockery. 
So I don't know if the, you know, are you going to see it in your lifetime? I don't know. I hope we do. I hope we see it in a year. I hope we see it in a month, but it does break through and it doesn't need you. Tommy, you and Dr. McCullough have to keep fighting. No, we really don't. You and I could drop dead right now. It will come out. This isn't a, this isn't you and I aren't pushing this. We're hastening it. Joe Rogan's hastening it, but you don't even need anyone to hasten it. It just, it just will. Yeah. You know, I wanted to point out a couple more citations, you know, your listeners and people worldwide rely on me to cite information. Uh, Zogby, uh, a really valid survey company in the United States did a survey of people took the vaccine. Sadly, 15% have some new disease now taken from the vaccine where um, they regret taking it. So that's 15% of people who took the vaccine are talking to other people. Now, as a, a survey by Skidmore and colleagues, Michigan State published in the preprint service system, 22% of Americans know somebody who's died or been seriously injured by the vaccines, 22%. So when you start to put this together, you're right. We don't need any media. We don't need any social media. People, uh, you know, people are talking to other people. People are seeing their family members uh, die after taking the vaccine. VAERS right now is saying among the U.S., if you go to openvaresdata.com, toggle the U.S. so you just get the U.S. You don't get Japan and Germany. You just get that U.S. number. It's over 14,000 Americans where someone has taken the vaccine card, a doctor, a nurse, a paramedic, a, you know, a coroner, and entered the information in screen after screen under the threat of federal fines or imprisonment if we lie. So that 14,000 is solid where we think, and I've made these entries, where we think the vaccine for sure caused it. Some believe based on a prior study from Harvard, Tommy, that it's a hundred to one underreporting. A hundred. If it's a hundred and one to one underreporting, that's 1.4 million people have lost their lives or had a hastened pathway to death due to the vaccines. 1.4 million. Jessica Rose published from VAERS in the Journal of Public uh, Public Health Policy and and, uh, 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 Law that she came up with an estimate of 31. So it's 31 times underreported. So it's 31 times 14,000. You can do the numbers uh, you know, what's that? About, a half a about half a 420, 420, 420, yeah, 420,000 Americans. So if you look at, remember, you had me on early before everything where it was really about the suppression of early treatment. When we look at the suppression of early treatment and the people who could have been saved and now people who have been injured, disabled and died after the vaccines and put them together. That's this episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Bigger than all wars we've ever fought tommy together you combine all the wars it's worse than all the wars in u.s history this COVID 19 pandemic and the pandemic response will go down in history as the biggest loss of life for americans and i anticipate almost every country worldwide since the spanish flu for sure this is worse than anything and we've done it to ourselves if, if we did not have any government response whatsoever, doctors had a free reign to do whatever they could do, the complexion would have been completely different. In every step of the way, the government made it worse. The government agencies made it worse. People's response, the lockstep of big employers, school system administrators, the military, they all made it worse. And now, you know, we, we probably can spend the rest of our lives, certainly you could, as a, as a podcaster, investigational journalist, uh, there's more work to be done now by investigational journalists, by, uh, by civil liberty attorneys and others. You know, doctors, we just have to go back to work and try to pick up the, the aftermath of this, the, 
the swath of, of injuries and people been burned by this. Uh, but the long arm of justice uh, will prevail in the end. I agree. It will come out. I, I've never heard the analogy to Chernobyl, but that was brilliant. They Thank tried you. to keep the lid on it. They tried to keep the lid on it. You just can't keep the lid on something that big, and you can't keep the lid on this vaccine disaster. And the thing is, is if you're going to keep the lid on it, you got to go full Soviet and kill everybody. Because if you don't keep the lid on it, it's much like antibiotics or a leaky vaccine. You just start pushing variants. What was two years ago? What was Getter, Parler, Gab, Truth Social, Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey, CloudHub, Brighteon? These are all variants. These are all genetic variants being pushed by artificial selection. It's coming. It's all coming. And it's just, again, it's it's not even that I want it to or don't want it to. It has nothing to do with it. It's a wave. There's a, I forget who said it. There's a quote, though. There is a wave, but just remember that you are not the wave. You're riding the wave. That's true. And it's interesting. We, you know, we started out talking about censorship. <laughs> uh, censorship itself has a way of calling attention to itself. Oh, it's the most hilarious thing. So, so I mean, t- if Twitter really wanted to keep things under wrap, they would just Wouldn't... leave me alone, right? I've, I'm just, I've just said just that from the quiet. beginning. I've right? said that from so, the so beginning. So now they're amplifying it. This has created news stories. Uh, you know, this is going to be national news in a few hours. I mean, it just keeps going and going. They they can't help <laughs> themselves in terms of calling attention to themselves. It's, it's uh, what Jeffrey Prather said. He goes, you know, it's kind of like... Uh, it's like that first generation immigrant, right? The early van, who was it? Vanderbilt or Rockefeller. One of them used to just fight on the docks for like beer, just a total badass, you know? And then he goes and builds like a billion dollar, hundred billion dollar oil system or rail system. The son inherits it. The son goes to Ivy League schools, does pretty good too, takes the company to another level. You know, they start, you know, kind of buying off senators, all that good, all that good uh, nepotism. But then like, but then you have like the fourth and the fifth and the sixth generation. You have the trust fund kids. And those are the kids that all end up, you know, overdosing or crashing a Mercedes into a tree or whatever. Right. Jeff Prather goes, we're at the point where we're seeing the the nepotism of the deep state. He goes, these guys, they're not the they're not the operators of the 60s. They're not James Jesus Angleton. They're not Kim Philby. These aren't the these aren't the OG, the Dulles brothers. These aren't the OG CIA we're seeing laziness because you know what they would have done 50 years ago? They wouldn't have censored. You'd be sitting at the top. You'd be going, don't ban McCullough. Don't ban Malone. Don't mention Rogan. Let it all go. But now you see a bunch of people who don't know how to handle the situation. They can't handle the heat in the kitchen. So they're censor, censor, knock it down, knock it down. And now everyone's going, how come all the doctors are getting censored? Not the porn, not the people who are saying Hillary Clinton's a lizard, but the doctors. Yeah, you're, you're. This is what happens with nepotism. We are at the trust fund level. We're at the fourth generation of deep state. We're at the bratty kids who don't know what it's like to build the company up with their bare hands. So again, it's coming. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. It just is. It just, it's just what it is. It's just Joseph Lister was proven right before he died. But even if he wasn't proven right before he died, germ theory would eventually just become. The, the law of the land it's just what it is so i mean in that sense it can be upsetting in the microcosm it can be a, you know the minutia it can be upsetting when you get your twitter account banned or your youtube account banned it sucks it's a blow to your ego you have to feel like you have to start over again and then, you know that blows but i mean it's it's common it doesn't matter it's, it's just is just is so there you go that, dr mccullough um Text me your uh, text me all the other accounts you're using now. Truth Social, get all that stuff, and I will replace the. Uh, well, no, I guess I'll keep it in there too. As a no, memorial. Tommy, you know I got a central source. I got a link tree. Okay. To, oh, perfect. Uh, PeterMcCulloughMD.com. It'll take you to all the other social media. It's surging right now. Thank you so much for having me on. I tell you, you, uh, uh, you know, you put together almost a series of just wonderful interludes. These, these, um, you know, these correlations parts in history can't keep a lid on chernobyl can't keep the truth down well that's that's uh uh what was i gonna say it's yeah, you, just yeah i mean you, you got it you you nailed it just just keep it on i think historians are gonna look pretty 
favorably on your work. So thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, sir. And uh, as I, I always say, um, nobody can nobody can be two steps ahead of me and plan for me if even I don't know what I'm doing. So an hour ago, I had no idea I was going to yell about Chernobyl for 20 minutes. So you you call it brilliant interludes. I call it uh, I'm unhinged and have a microphone, but I'll I'll go with you. I'll go with yours instead. Dr. McCullough, you know, I love you, brother. Thank you so much. Keep fighting the good fight. You're you're it's going to you're going to win. It just you can't not win because it's not you. It's just it's just truth. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you yeah. so much, sir. God bless everybody. Bye, go follow Dr. McCullough. I'll put your link tree in the description. Go follow all the stuff. Go to his website. And uh, yeah, screw these communists. We're going to win. Thank you so much, Dr. McCullough. I love you.